Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Marcus Spears in a couple minutes on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. 53% on the Browns on the question of the day. You go to my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny. After the thriller last night, which of the two teams that we watch do you think makes a deeper playoff run? 53% of my voters right now have the Browns. 47% say Baltimore. I'm riding the Ravens. I think this role suits them. I think it looks good for them. And so I will get to all of that in a second. But I have to start with this. Because we have a major controversy on the staff. Major controversy. And we're all still getting to know each other. Nuno Teixeira is the producer of this show. He and I have been in the same room, I think, twice in our entire lives. Because we launched this thing during a pandemic and we're just doing the best that we can. But we're working together and we're doing a good job. So today you may have seen Mark Teixeira, legendary former Major League Baseball player and longtime colleague of ours here and a very good friend of mine, announced that he is leaving broadcasting and he's got other opportunities, things he's looking forward to doing. I exchanged nice notes with Tex. He's a great guy and one of the smartest people you'll ever meet. He's going to do great whatever it is he decides to do. So I mentioned this to Nuno, whose last name is Teixeira. And I say to Nuno, Tex is a good guy. He says, yes, I like him, even though he has always given me a hard time because our names are spelled the same, but they're not pronounced the same. So I said to Nuno, how do you pronounce your name? And he said, Teixeira. And I said, well, that's exactly the way Tex pronounces his name. And Nuno said, oh, that's right. I got it backwards. Now, that's not supposed to happen. <laughs> Bubba, am I making that up? I mean, B- Bubba, you're sitting there in the midst of the- That's Nuno, for those of you watching on ESPN+. Oh, Plus. my God. Did I get any of that? Bubba, did I, did I exaggerate one second of that story? Is any of that not fully an accurate depiction of the conversation <laughs> that just took place? I mean, unfortunately, that is how it went. And all this dates back to the Will Kane show, and I was here for all of that. When Nuno went one-on-one with Tex and they argued, Nuno literally told Tex he was pronouncing his name wrong, Mm -hmm. and now Nuno doesn't remember how to pronounce his own name. It's unbelievable. I don't know how, like... So, he, Nuno, it's un, it's, I don't know how to, it's ridiculous. What, Nuno, what do you have to say for yourself under these uh, trying circumstances? It's not the worst thing I've done. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We've only worked together a little while, but I'll second that notion. Okay. All right, let's get this thing started. Only one place to begin. Tucker with a chance to win it from 55 yards. Morgan Cox for the snap. Sam took the hold. Tucker's kick is traveling down the middle. It is long enough. It is Good! And with two seconds left to play, the Hayes in the barn, and the Ravens are on path to make the playoffs with an unbelievable comeback. WBAL, the play-by-play of the finish or near finish of the game of the year in the NFL. 55-yard field goal from Justin Tucker. You know, my buddy Butchergrass likes to say, Justin Tucker is clutch and clutches everything. And I gave you the stat a minute ago. Let me get Marcus Spears in here, the big swagoo on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. If you haven't seen this stat, Marcus, you're going to be impressed. That last night, swagoo, that was Justin Tucker's 14th field goal attempt of his career in the final minute of regulation. Guess how many of those 14 he has made? 14. That's correct. You knew it or you just <laughs> you just went with it? Did you already know it? No, nah, nah, I knew it. You know, I played with Tuck my last year in the league, G. Um, and, and I know, I know that he hadn't missed a kick in forever since the one he missed. I think he missed the extra point last week, if I'm not mistaken. So it's not like, like Tuck is, it's unreal. Um, and, and the thing people need to know is that he don't miss them in practice either. 
Mm-hmm. He never misses in practice. And it, it's just one of them it's one of them things, man. And and we know now, like we look at that this year when we see Dan Bailey miss five in one game and we see uh Cleveland's kicker miss last night, we know how important it is. But Tuck is so clutch, man. So clutch. He is, again, 14 out of 14 now in the final minute, and that's one of the stories. But the biggest story, of course, is Lamar Jackson, who has his Willis Reed moment coming out of the, well, of wherever he was, cramping, whatever else it was that was going on with him there. And again, if it was indeed some sort of gastrointestinal distress he was going through, finally, Marcus, an area in which I have the expertise. If you have any questions about that for NFL Live today or anything like that, if you, if you, need, if you need answers... Now, again, needing an IV for it, that's next level. I I give him all the credit in the world for coming out with that. But let's talk about the narrative. What was last night, in your mind, Lamar Jackson, a guy who last year, everything went right, and he wins the MVP. This is a year where it feels like almost everything has gone wrong. What do you think last night means for him? It means let me remind everybody who the hell I am. And let me show everybody why the Baltimore Ravens were 14-2 and last year and the team that everybody thought was going to go to the Super Bowl. Gee, these are the type of performances this dude, like, dazzled us with. It was amazing. But the difference was we was getting this week in and week out. And we understand in a year where you have a lot of things going on in the league, we know how ravaged this team was with COVID and all of that. Lamar came back against Dallas, and he had the long run on fourth and two, down the middle, vintage Lamar. Last night, that first half, I I, I, I 100% believe it was an IV because that first half, if you remember, he was doing everything, Mm -hmm. everything on the ground. So, you know, for him, man, it and it was good. I'm I'm going to tell you this too, G. It was good to see Lamar in a back against the wall situation when you got the other team across the across the field that's answering everything you're doing. Baker was playing at a high level and to see him come out and do what he did and then have the drama of going, you know how long they're going to talk about that in Baltimore, that facility in Owings Mills, Maryland, you know how long they're going to talk about, man, remember that time Lamar had to go get an IV, came back and beat the Cleveland Browns. And, and, and to that point, when you think of the story of Lamar Jackson, this is it. Like, this is what we haven't been seeing. We we saw this team turn the ball over four times against the Pittsburgh Steelers and still only lose by one possession. So I don't want people to get it misconstrued thinking the Baltimore Ravens are just some team that, could, that are potentially going to get in the playoffs and it's going to be over week one. When you have that dude at quarterback and he's doing what he's doing like he did last night, not only elevating the level of playoffs, of, of people around. Remember, too, Baltimore has three starting offensive linemen out of the, out of the, out of the game mm-hmm. and out of the season pretty much. When you see Lamar Jackson doing what he did last night, that's Lamar Jackson that we usually get when you, when you need a big-time performance. The playoffs has been his arch nemesis, and it's something you said. You said everything when you said, it's kind of like I like them in this, in this spot leading into the playoffs, still back against the wall. Almost now, every game is a playoff game because they need to try to do win everyone to get in. This, this is a this is one of those teams, and gee, we use this we use this analogy all the time. For the first time in a long time, for the Ravens going into the playoffs, possibly 
they are the dog that has to fight their way out of the corner. Mm -hmm. And for the Baltimore Ravens to be that, that's scary for a lot of teams in this league, man. I agree. I I think that's a role that suits them pretty well. And, Look, they have Jacksonville, the Giants, and the Bengals still to play. So I believe they will get in. I believe they will be going in hot, and I believe they become a very dangerous playoff team. Greeny and Swagoo presented by Progressive Insurance. How about the other side? How about Baker Mayfield last night? And it just in general, the last six, seven weeks, I gave a stat earlier, his numbers are, are, are through the roof. Um, what are you seeing in Baker Mayfield right now, and what do you think it means? The improvement, um, you know, we give Steph, Kevin Stefanski credit. But I've always said the player has to go out and execute it. And what Baker is doing is not only executing at a high level, G, Mm -hmm. he's settled himself down. He's become a quarterback that understands he can make the the plays instead of trying to show everybody he can make the plays. He understands he's becoming a quarterback that understands every throw I make doesn't need to be a touchdown or a dazzling throw. and he's also understanding that when I'm when I'm in the game, keep me in the mode of what I do best. We saw him last night, man. He used his legs. He used his arm. He used his mind. He leaned on his teammates. He, he threw balls up to guys that could win 50-50 to Peoples-Jones on the sideline, understood it was an advantage there because Jimmy Smith was out of the game. He played so cerebral. He played the game like we see all of the guys we talk about all the time that are so great at the position. And now you look for consistency. So now this is two weeks in a row, back-to-back, because in Tennessee, not the first half. Obviously, the second half was something to be desired, and I think Kevin Stefanski and the staff learned, let's not try to preserve wins. Let's go out and continue to keep our foot on the gas. But when you look at that, coupled with last night against a defense that's really good, by the way, Baker was hit quite a bit, was pressured quite a bit, and he still put up that type of performance. Now, the inerrant interception is obviously what has been a part of his Achilles heel, especially in these type of games. But then the response, G, that's what I haven't seen. I haven't seen him do that, throw the interception, and then not come out and throw another one. He did that last night, came back and put his team in the end zone, gave his team a lead and the opportunity to win the game, he just had a, a, a Superman on the other end, the Lamar Jackson, that's the MVP type. But Baker Mayfield turned my head. He turned a lot of heads last night. And now you got to see if that consistently continues to happen. But if it does, then there is no question that Baker Mayfield will be an above-average quarterback in this league, which, I, you know, I'm on record of saying he's, he's average to below average mm-hmm. based on the way that he was playing. But when you play your way out of that, I have to recognize that and give you credit where credit is due. And these past two weeks, he's been playing well for a while, but these past two weeks have shown me something about Baker Mayfield in his maturity as a quarterback that gives him a shot to be good for a long time. Greeny and Twagu presented by Progressive Insurance. He's on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil synthetic motor oils are made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question that's going to make a lot of people mad at me. But I, I read this stat earlier. There are four quarterbacks with a QBR above 71 going back to October 25th. They are Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and Baker Mayfield. His numbers since that date, since October 25th, since week seven, have been spectacular. 
He has kind of rewritten the narrative of who he is and what he is. The other thing that happened that weekend, that day, that game, was that's when Odell Beckham went out for the season. Aswagu, you're an LSU guy. You know Odell. He's a brilliantly talented player, and no one in their right mind would ever say any team is better off not having him. But do you think it is a coincidence that Baker Mayfield has played so much better since Odell got hurt? G, you have to look at it and say yes. It's the reason why he's playing better is because he does he does not have Odell on the field. But my my issue with that is, wouldn't he have loved to have him last night? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't he have loved to have have him in in, in games where they had problems? I, I just can't buy it, bro. You know, G, I can't go crazy about the Houston Texans trading away DeAndre Hopkins and think that somehow a team gets better when they trade away a receiver of that caliber. Now, if you t- if you were telling me, okay, this is because to me this is the underlying issue and the picture that a lot of people try to paint. If you telling me that Odell Beckham Jr. was advocating to get the ball and going crazy on the sideline and talking about he needs to be fed more, then I would be in agreement with that because now you have an issue where you got a pl- the, one of the star players on the team that's making one of the highest salaries trying to force his way to get the ball. But I didn't, I haven't heard that. This is Baker Mayfield's maturity. Why couldn't he mature with Odell on the field? We don't know if Baker would have been better down the road, further along at this point, if, if Odell was still on the team. And now you have another weapon to deploy. Yeah, you can get enamored with throwing him the ball a lot, and you could do those things. But that's the quarterback and the offensive coordinator to fix that, to figure out how to make this work. We can't kill Bruce Arians and that offensive staff for not knowing. Like, like is, should Brady be better without Mike Evans or Antonio Brown so he could split, spread the ball? I just think that's crazy. I'm never going to buy into that, G. I know rosters are really about talent and guys that can get it done on Sunday. Odell Beckham Jr. still gets it done on Sunday. Now, whether you are in a coaching situation or whether you are putting your quarterback in the right frame of mind to operate with everybody in mind, that's on them. I cannot blame success on on of Baker Mayfield on the fact that OBJ is not there anymore because we've seen him as well. We've seen OBJ as, as well in his career make quarterbacks look better than they actually were. So I just can't buy into that, man. I don't I don't think that's the case at all. I think Baker Mayfield has just gotten better. I think he understands how to play the game better. I think Stefanski has made great decisions as far as teaching him how to be a quarterback and, and, and have his eyes in the right place and going where the ball is supposed to go and working working through his read. I think all of that stuff is a manifestation of just him continuing to get better and more comfortable in this offense. But if you ask anybody in this league, would they have a would, would they like to have a healthy Odell Beckham Jr.? They'll say yeah, because he'll make us better. I, that part of it, I totally agree. In fact, I agree with everything you said. But it does feel like it's something that was worth exploring, and I'm glad that we did it, and we'll continue to do it as the week goes on. Again, Marcus and Dan and Laura and Mina every weekday afternoon, four o'clock Eastern on ESPN NFL Live. Thank you, big fella. 
All right, G. Love you, brother. Talk you to you. You're the soon. best. Marcus Spears with me here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Protecting your small business is a big deal. Cover what you've worked so hard for. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. Meanwhile, there's something else that has to be said about last night's game. And it is remarkable the degree to which Vegas just knows everything. So last week, we told you, Hembo and I, Hembo does all of our research for us on Get Up. He's a terrific producer. And, and he is as good with numbers and particularly with point spreads as pretty much anybody I know. And he sends me a note last week and he says, Ravens, Browns, the line stinks to high heaven. Very, very smelly line. The Browns had a two-day advantage in rest. They had a better record. They're coming off a big win. And they were a one-point underdog. The Ravens were initially a one-point favorite. Then that line moves to three. Then I am reading a story now that ultimately, while the game closed as a consensus three-point, Ravens three-point road favorite, that in the last hours, they moved the line up to three and a half. Several of the sports books moved the number to three and a half, and apparently people started pounding the Browns at three and a half. Did you see how that game ended last night? Did you see the safety on the final play that took that game from Baltimore winning by three to Baltimore 47-42? Did you see that safety at the end that on a three-point spread or even worse, three and a half, which apparently is where they moved it late, winds up changing the line on a safety that meant nothing with literally no time left on the clock. The game-winning field, 55-yard field goal by Tucker is made with four seconds left. The Browns, if you didn't stay up and see it, ran one of those plays where they try eight million laterals. They wind up in their own end. Jarvis Landry winds up tossing the ball back into his own end zone, trying to save it. Out of bounds, he goes two-point safety, and so it goes from three points to five points on a play that meant nothing with literally no time remaining. How do they do it? How do they see this stuff coming? I've been making this joke for years, but you see all those big buildings out there in Vegas? They're not there because everybody goes there and beats them. They just see stuff coming that is impossible to believe. But that is the way it goes. Again, Baker Mayfield, he threw it. They moved around. It's Jarvis Landry. Again, the game opened at one. It moved to minus three by Friday and went to three and a half at some sports books in the hours leading up to the kickoff. And that play winds up being the line. Incredible. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones, right? It happens. Now Straight Talk Wireless's new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection. Just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at assurion.com slash straight talk. Limitations and exclusions apply. I got a bunch of basketball I'm going to get you to as this hour continues. I had Woj in my studio on TV this morning talking about the very latest on James Harden. That is going to be fascinating. Plus, the Giannis story has taken a turn, or I should say, is going to take a turn. In the next six days, the clock is very much ticking on Harden and Giannis, both in different ways, but in equally meaningful ones that could rewrite everything in the NBA. Both those stories are coming as we continue this hour. But up next, it's time for What Do You Want to Know? My phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Give me a call. Any question you want to ask me in the world of sports, if you can convince Nuno Texera 
to that you are worthy of getting on with your question, then I will do my best to answer it. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Your calls are next. We'll do whatever it is you want to ask me. Greeny, the podcast. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we're approaching half past the hour. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. Coming to your phone calls in a minute. As you just heard in Christine Lisi's Sports Center, uh, Giannis has announced on his Twitter page that he is staying put. He is st- signing the Supermax extension five more years in Milwaukee. Let me read you his tweet. He tweeted this just a few minutes ago, uh, 123. So he tweeted this six minutes ago. This is my home. This is my city. I'm blessed to be able to be a part of the Milwaukee Bucks for the next five years. Let's make these years count. The show goes on. Let's get it. Obviously, huge news. Woj tweeting around it as well, as is Bobby Marks talking about exactly what the, uh, the, the terms of a Supermax are. Here they are from Bobby Marks. His extension in the year 2021-22, he'll get $39 million, and then it goes up to 42 and a half, 45 and a half, 48.8, and the final year of the contract, in which, by the way, he has an opt-out. So in case he decides to, he can opt out of $51.9 million dollars. <laughs> For the 25-26 season. Look, the kid's unbelievable. He's done everything the right way. He's worked like crazy to get where he is. He's everything that he is you like. He cares about winning first and foremost. This is one of the few players in the NBA who might have done this. I've said a million times, if a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, then the NBA is better with Giannis Antetokounmpo in Milwaukee and Zion in New Orleans and John Morant in Memphis. If you need those guys out of those markets, you shouldn't have teams in those markets. The Bucks matter. They're good. They can make aggressive moves now around Giannis. He's obviously now gets more money than most people could ever possibly dream of. So it's a win-win all the way around. To me, this is a good day. It's a good story. It's a good situation. 
All right, that is the breaking news here in the last couple of minutes. Maybe we'll get some perspective on it as we continue. In the meantime, it is your turn to be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. My phone number is 888-SAY-ESPN. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. The college football season is heating up, and so is your favorite Dr. Pepper-loving college football town, Fansville. Head to a store near you. Treat your inner college football fan to an ice-cold 20-ounce Dr. Pepper today. The game is called What Do You Want to Know? If you can get through the staff, you can get to me. You can ask me any sports question you want. Hashtag Bubba, who's first up on the Dr. Pepper call-in line? Yeah, first up, we've got Caleb. Caleb, what do you want to know? I want to know, with the vulnerabilities that the Chiefs have shown against the Las Vegas Raiders and recently against the Miami Dolphins with Mahomes throwing three interceptions, should the Chiefs have a legitimate concern going into the AFC playoff? I keep saying yes. And everyone I ask that question to on Get Up keeps telling me I'm nuts. Look, they leave more points on the field than any team I think I've ever seen. And people will attribute it to, well, they get bored. They need to fall behind to make it exciting. And look, Mahomes is as good as anything I've ever seen. As good as He's Jordan-esque. That's how good he is. This is a guy who just had his worst game as a pro. He threw three interceptions and took a 30-yard sack. He's still through for 390 yards. And and But listen, at the end of the day, the Dolphins gave up a punt return for a touchdown and a safety and lost the game by six. Do I think the Chiefs are vulnerable in the playoffs? I do. I will keep saying it. Everyone tells me I'm nuts, but I will say it. They're also not that good in the red zone. I have a stat in here someplace. I'll go find it for you. Hembo sent it to me the other day. They are not that good in the red zone. Of all the teams in the NFL that you would think would be great in the red zone because they have a great quarterback and everything else, they're not. Kansas City is 19th, 19th out of 32 teams in red zone efficiency. So they have Achilles heels. They're brilliant. They're awesome. And they're going to be as tough and out as there's ever been. They're the favorite every year for the next 15 years. But they are not invulnerable. So my answer to that question is yes, I could see them getting tripped up. Callers on the Dr. Pepper call in line. Bubba, who's next? Next up, we got Rich. Rich, what do you want to know? Hey, Greeny, I want to know if Justin Fields is more appealing to the Jets right now in this draft due to their offensive line uh, concerns. I, I'm having a little trouble hearing. Were you asking me if the Jets should take Justin Fields if they wind up with the second pick in this draft? Was Is Fields more appealing to the Jets oh, because of their offensive no. line issues? Yes, thank you for the call. No, absolutely not. The Jets are going to take Trevor Lawrence. Any team that drafts number one is going to take Trevor Lawrence. The, the conversation about it being a two-horse race at the top of this draft is over. The, every single person who analyzes this stuff tells you Trevor Lawrence is a generational prospect. The, the better question, or at least an other question, would be if the Jets wound up drafting second, would they take Justin Fields? Or would they go in a different direction? Or would they, by some accident, keep Sam Darnold? I was the last man standing on the Darnold Mountain, but even I have to jump off that train now. At the end of the day, the Jets have broken Sam Darnold. He, he looks like a broken man. When you watch him play, he just looks like a person who is so beaten down that he is going to require a fresh start. I think no matter what happens, the Jets will move on from Sam Darnold. I think they will take Lawrence if they pick one. I think they will take Fields if they pick two. If by some accident they wind up winning multiple games here and wind up falling out of the top two, and they've got to figure something else out. But the one thing I think I would say with certainty is that Sam Darnold will not be their quarterback next year. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Hashtag Bubba, who's next? Zach is on the line. Zach, what do you want to know? I want to know, with COVID happening, there's no fans in the stadium. 
Is home field advantage really an advantage? What's the impact on the playoffs? And do teams rest more, not caring too much where they play their playoff games versus having a healthy team? Thanks. It's an excellent question. The answer to the first part of it is yes. Home field advantage will matter much less this season than it ever has before. In fact, I had a stat on this the other day that home field has already meant less in the NFL this year than ever before. I want to say the number is basically 50-50. I want to say home teams are basically winning at a 50% clip in the NFL this year, which of course is going to be well below the league average for all the obvious reasons. If you don't have the crowd noise, it, crowd noise impacts games. It impacts offenses' abilities to be efficient and to do the things they do. So, yes, it matters less. There's another factor in that, and that is that what still matters is the bye. But whereas there used to be two teams that got the bye in each conference, now there'll only be one. So now if you don't have a chance to get all the way to one, then the difference between being three and being, well, certainly three and four, there's almost no perceptible difference. Two, three, and four, there's no perceptible difference. Two, three, and four will get home games to start the playoffs, so winning the division is still better than finishing second. That was a long-winded answer to a pretty direct and good question. The answer is yes. Home field advantage means less than in any other season, and I do believe it will impact the way some teams handle the last week or even two based upon positioning. It's an excellent question. i got time for one more. Bubba, who's last up? Yeah, last we got Mark here. All right, Mark, uh, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you want to know, Mark? Hi, Greeny. I just wanted to know, you were saying that you think Green Bay has been mismanaged. I was wondering if you thought the same thing about New Orleans. They have similar generational-type quarterbacks, both with only one Super Bowl win. So I was just wondering if you thought that and what the difference would be if not. Uh, New Orleans hasn't been mismanaged. I, I think that there is a huge difference. Look, the Saints... And look, if, I guess if you don't win it, you don't win it. But if you look at the way the Saints have gotten out, knocked out two of the last three years, last year they lose a home playoff game in overtime. Two years ago they lose on what was probably the worst call, the, the most impactful bad call in NFL history. They would have absolutely been in the Super Bowl if not for that. The year before that they lose on a play known as the Minneapolis Miracle. I think I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think that New Orleans by and large has been better. And then I will say this. Drew Brees has compiled numbers that compare favorably with anyone else's in history. And he's a great player. Don't get me wrong, a great player. But he's not Aaron Rodgers. He does not have Aaron Rodgers' talent. I don't know that almost anyone has ever had Aaron Rodgers' talent. Patrick Mahomes has Aaron Rodgers' talent. A small, tiny handful. At his very best, maybe John Elway. Aaron Rodgers is next-level talented. I believe that the Green Bay Packers have organizationally underachieved. I believe that Aaron Rodgers has carried them to a, a much better record. They stuck around with bad coaching, completely non-innovative play calling. They've never drafted offensive position players to put around him. I think it's a vastly different situation from New Orleans. Yes, I get that at the end of the day, they both so far have one ring to show for them. But my honest opinion is those are two very different situations. I love the calls. I so appreciate it. What's on your mind is brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. I enjoy taking those, and we will continue to do them every single day. Meanwhile, coming up next, again, the very latest on the breaking news, Giannis staying put. What does it mean? And how does it impact what happens next with James Harden, which I believe will happen in the next few days? That and more as we continue in a moment. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny back with you on ESPN Radio. Just joining us, major breaking news. Giannis Antetokounmpo not going anywhere. Signing a Supermax extension five more years in Milwaukee. He announced it himself on Twitter. He is now the number one trending topic on Twitter. Woj and Bobby Marks and several of our other reporters are filling in some of the details around it. But the story is the story. Giannis is not going to become a free agent at the end of the season. And I will tell you right now, although it will make a lot of my friends mad at me for saying it, this is a good day for the NBA. A good day for the NBA. One of the ways the league gets itself in trouble is when all the stars congregate on three or four teams. When you only have three or four teams that you care about, it makes too much of it seem irrelevant. I think it's good that Giannis, a superstar, a a marketable, watchable, telegenic, brilliant player that people want to see, is playing on a team like Milwaukee, a market like Milwaukee, but not even just the market, but just a place that isn't Golden State because they got all their stars. And L.A. because both those teams have all their stars. And Brooklyn has their stars. Keep it spread out. Give me 10 teams I want to see, not just three. Give me 10, 11, 12 teams I want to see. Keep Zion in New Orleans. Obviously, these guys should do whatever they want to do. I totally support the players' right to do what they want. But it doesn't mean that there isn't a way that is better or worse for the league. And in my opinion, while there will be some who will disagree with me, this is a good day for the NBA. Giannis in Milwaukee is good. If the league would be better off with Giannis leaving Milwaukee high and dry, I'll say it again, then they shouldn't be in Milwaukee. So I personally think this is a good day and a win for the sport. So that's one of two huge NBA stories we were keeping an eye on over the next few days. The other is James Harden, who I believe is going to play tonight for the Rockets. But I had Woj on my set this morning on Get Up, and he said nothing has changed as far as Harden's desire to get traded out of Houston. He has two places he wants to go, Philadelphia, Brooklyn. But he doesn't really get to call this shot. You know, Anthony Davis in his last year in New Orleans got to call the shot because he was going into the final year of his contract. So he could threaten the Pelicans. He could basically say to them, look, trade me where I want to go. Get the best deal you can for me. I'm just going to leave. James Harden doesn't have that option. He has multiple years left on his contract. At the end of the day, they could make him stay there. If he wants to get paid the 40 whatever it is million dollars that he gets paid, he has to play for them. That isn't what they're going to do, and it isn't what they should do. In the NBA, the superstar gets what he wants, but it doesn't mean that he gets to dictate where he gets traded to. So if I'm the Rockets, I'm talking to everybody in the sport. 
and I'm finding out what the best trade I can get is. And there'll be a lot of teams out there that'll be willing to take that risk, package up whatever it is they have, try and convince James Harden that that is a place he wants to be. I understand why he wants to go to Brooklyn. You can win there. I understand why he wants to go to Philly. You can win there. Those make sense. There are other places you could win. So I think that is one of the most fascinating storylines over the next couple of days. Again, Giannis had until Monday to make this decision on the Supermax. He's made the decision. Harden, the season begins a week from today. Does he feel like he needs to force it? Do the Rockets feel like they need to make the trade before then? Does the season start with him in Houston? My gut says something's going to happen. So we'll keep a close eye and ear on all of that. So major breaking news out of the NBA today, and it's fun to follow. All right, one last piece of business. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. Question of the day every day is up on my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny, and it was very simple. Coming off of what was the game of the NFL season last night, who you got going deeper in the playoffs this year, Browns or Ravens? Final voting, 54% said Browns, 46% said Ravens. That is as the voting closed just a few minutes ago. And I tell you, I go the other way. I thought last night was a very good night for the Browns. Baker Mayfield has played great, has been great, very, very much impressed, and I think has rewritten to some degree the narrative, at least on where he is right now. It's not a permanent rewriting of the narrative, but it feels to me like he could withstand one bad day now without the world wanting to write him off. But the storyline to me is Baltimore. Last year, the Ravens were a team, and Lamar Jackson was a quarterback for whom everything went right. It was just one of those dream seasons. They stayed healthy all year. They just beat the stuffing out of everybody that came near him. He cruised all the way to 14-2 and two and a unanimous MVP. This year has been the opposite. Basically, everything that could go wrong has. They were hit harder by COVID than any team in any North American professional sport. They've lost a bunch of other players to a bunch of other injuries, including their starting left tackle right after he signed a $100 million contract star player in Ronnie Stanley. And Lamar himself was one of those who got COVID. Their schedule got all mixed up as a result of it. But back they've come. And I'll tell you what, as I watched them on that Wednesday afternoon against the Steelers with RG3 and Trace McSorley and just the heart and soul of that team, keeping that a game far longer than it should have been, almost finding a way to win, I thought to myself, this role suits them. These Ravens, I think, are better suited to be the team that no one sees coming. As Marcus said, to be the dog that's got to fight its way out of the corner. I think that is a good role for them. And I think they're going to get on a roll if you will, because now they've got this win in the bank and their last three games are Jacksonville, the Giants and Cincinnati. I believe they will go in on a winning streak. They will go in feeling good about themselves and hot. Lamar Jackson is playing great. I think the Ravens are a sneaky, interesting team in the AFC playoffs. They're going to ruin somebody's party and they're going to be a very tough out. Browns are going to be good too. But to me, this January, the team to watch from last night is Baltimore. Thanks so much for your votes. Thanks so much for hanging out. I'll see you tomorrow morning on ESPN's Get Up. And then back here, same time, same place. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.